We've sat seven weeks at Solomon's feet now, learning from the teacher as he tries to wake us from our slumber to see what life is like under the sun. And if this was simply a, a human perspective, uh, a book written by a sceptical old man beaten down by the trials of life, well, we could be tempted to write it off as just being too depressing and too dark, especially for our liking. But it's not just a humanly conceived book. This is the word of God. 2 Peter 1 verses 20 to 21 says this, Above all, you know this. No prophecy of scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Or Romans 15 and 4 says this, For whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures. Or what about 1 Corinthians 10 and 11? These things happened to them as examples and they were written for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. So let's be sure of this. What Solomon observed and saw what he recorded of his experiences has first been given and then kept by the Holy Spirit for our unique benefit. We, on whom the end of the ages has come, can read Solomon and find hope to endure through this instruction. The question is how? Especially with the book of Ecclesiastes, it seems so dark. It seems so depressing. What unique perspectives does Solomon bring to our lives under the sun that will bring hope? When all his writing seems to be filled with the meaningless of life, how do we find the light? I think the key to unlocking this important question is found in realizing that Solomon is saying to us that all is dark, there is no light. Well, that's what it seems. But instead, he's not saying all is dark, there is no light. He's pleading with us instead to not look for light in dark places. To not waste our lives looking for meaning in wrong places. We're going to take a break from some of the really heavy topics in this book. And we're going to pull back a little bit on a very short passage. Which just gives us an insight to reflect on one of the conclusions that Solomon comes to after he's reflected on all of life and what it has to offer. 
read with me from Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And we're just going to have a look this morning at verses 7 through to verse 10. Ecclesiastes 9, 7 through 10. I'm going to read from the Christian Standard Bible. It says this. Go, eat your bread with pleasure and drink your wine with a cheerful heart. For God has already accepted your works. Let your clothes be white all the time. And never let oil be lacking from your head. Enjoy life with the wife you love all the days of your fleeting life. Which has been given to you under the sun. All your fleeting days. For that is your portion in life. And in your struggle under the sun. Whatever your hands find to do. Do it with all your strength. Because there is no work, planning, knowledge or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. Lord, help us to understand what this text is saying. Help us to be encouraged, instruct us and help us find hope in you. Amen. I think that this passage, if we can sum it up in one short little statement, at least the objective of it is to help us find simple satisfaction in the present. And that's what I want to consider this morning. Solomon spent his life pursuing every conceivable pleasure, right? If you read through this book, he admits it. He says, I've chased after these things. But when all is said and done, what he found, well, it slipped through his grasp like smoke, like fog, like a morning mist. And what he's trying to do here in this little passage, instead of looking out there for all the things that might give us satisfaction, he he points us to what is right in front of our face. The very things that are right in front of us And he says, find a simple satisfaction in the present. So I want you to notice how that works. He says there is a joyful satisfaction in a simple life. Verses 7 and 8, let's remind ourselves of what they say. It says, go, eat your bread with pleasure and drink your wine with a cheerful heart. For God has already accepted your works. Let your clothes be white all the time and never let oil be lacking on your head. Look, we can't ignore the fact that Solomon has weighed life and he's found it wanting. He simply states that the true meaning can't be found in the things that we pursue. That's what the book of Ecclesiastes is really about. So the question we must ask is, so what should we do? How do we find meaning in life? I mean, do we just simply give up? If all is meaningless, if all is hevel, is it missed, then do we give up? Do we uh, curl up in a cave somewhere, join a monastery, become a hermit? I mean, at least a few of those options have at some point in my life sound pretty appealing. I've felt all of those compulsions. 
that's not where Solomon leads us. He doesn't just say, well, all is meaningless, so just give up. No. He points us, surprisingly, to the things that are right in front of our face. And he says, here, find a joyful satisfaction in a simple life. And the way he does that, at least in these first couple of verses, is by pointing to some very simple things. The first is, enjoy a simple meal. Solomon has enjoyed the finest foods known to man. His life has been lacking nothing. Anything he desired could be laid at his table. But he says here, eat your bread with pleasure. If you've got food to eat, enjoy eating it. No matter if it's the, the finest steak or, or if it's just a, a schnitty and chips from down at the pub. Maybe it's even just a salad. Well, take whatever you have on your table, he says, and enjoy it. Even if it's just bread. Look, I want you to take note that Solomon isn't particularly here endorsing that you go out and get on the bottle, right? He says, hey, enjoy your bread. Take your wine with gladness. I mean, in his day, wine was just a pretty staple part of a meal. Um, one way to make sure that you weren't going to be having a bad water or bad drink from somewhere and, and by having a, a meal with a glass of wine. I also want you to take note that he doesn't say to drink it to get a cheerful heart. He says, drink it with a cheerful heart. I think it's worth saying that people often drink to ignore their problems. People often drink to forget about life for a while and to have a good time. It's often the reason that compels them to drink. Solomon's saying, I want to say, if you can drink alcohol responsibly, then make sure you're doing it with a heart that's already cheerful. Not to forget and become cheerful. The reason he gives for enjoying food and wine is interesting here. He says, for God has already accepted your works. This doesn't mean that God approves whatever you do in life. Instead, it means that if you have food and drink at your table, then this is a natural gift from God as a re reward of the fruit of your labor. Particularly in the era that Solomon wrote this, there was no social security. If you didn't work, you didn't eat. So if you could sit down to just simple bread and a glass of wine, it meant that you were enjoying the fruit of your labor. You have received from God's hand of provision already something to show for the work that you've done. And so Solomon says, enjoy that. Just enjoy that. All right. Next part, he says, have a look at this. Live life 
with a positive attitude. We're still in verses 7 and 8. Live life with a positive attitude. This can be pretty difficult for some people, especially if you're like me. I tend to be fairly pessimistic by nature. I tend to be a glass half empty type of person. But don't miss what he's saying by focusing too much on the cultural references in these verses. He's not saying that we should only wear white clothes and have oily hair. These are simple cultural references to a broader truth. Every culture has a way of expressing optimism, being positive. He's not asking you to change your personality type or or your fashion sense. He's just saying just live life in a way that shows that you've not lost hope. Even though there are some massive things happening in our world at the moment. And even though there are very real reasons for grief amongst us. Solomon says, hey, don't live life like it's one giant funeral. We have hope. Show it. Tim and I are often laughing at each other. Um, We're doing up a little visual graphic to be displayed on some website or on our uh, advertising for something. And if I design it, the colours tend to be much more um, muted and natural. If Tim designs it, well... Um, it's bright. And so I design something and Tim says, oh, it's good. Could it be a little bit more colourful? Or if Tim designs it, I sort of think, oh man, just uh, tone it down a little. We all have different preferences. It's not the point here. The point is, in the way that God shaped us, display hope. All right, let's move on to verse 9. A joyful satisfaction in your relationships is one way that Solomon's pointing us to find a satisfaction in the things that are right in front of us. So verse 9, enjoy life with the wife you love all the days of your fleeting life, which is given to you under the sun all your fleeting days. For that is your portion in life and in your struggle under the sun. Here's what Solomon concludes. Life is short. So enjoy your relationships. We often hear this same sentiment expressed, even in modern times, especially following some type of tragedy. I remember, it wasn't that too long ago, maybe just a few years ago, we heard the news on, the, um, on my news feed of a terrible accident that had involved a school bus, and there were a number of fatalities. And over the following days and weeks, Um, They just kept on popping up in my timeline. Uh, People who were just saying things like, hug your children close. You never know what the day might hold. That's basically what Solomon is saying here. He expressly says that about his wife and about our wives. But whether you're married or not, the, the, the idea, the principle here is, life is short and we don't know what tomorrow holds. And so love those you're with. Love the ones you're with. Hold them tight. Realize and find satisfaction and joy in the relationships that surround you today. Don't put off to tomorrow something that you may regret never having said or done. All right, verse 10. A joyful satisfaction in your labor is the third thing. Whatever your hands find to do, 
Do it with all your strength. Because there is no work, planning, knowledge or wisdom in Sheol where you're going. In a world where one job is often valued higher by society than another. It's surprising that the Bible consistently elevates the value of all labour without distinction. From childhood, I think we we buy into the fallacy, um, the falsehood, that our value is tied to the value that culture puts on our work. The world is filled with all types of envy and jealousy, relational dysfunction, crushing personal regret, all because we've not grasped that God says that all work is valuable. In God's kingdom, there's no white collar and blue collar, no professional and working class. There are just those who work hard at whatever they they hold in their hands. And they find a simple satisfaction in doing the best they can with what they've got. Solomon, in fact, the entire Bible, seems far less concerned with what you do in comparison to how you do it. So here are Solomon's conclusions from this, this very short passage. Don't look for light in dark places. Don't look for meaning where it can't be found. Find a simple satisfaction in your present moment. But I want to add one final consideration for us this morning. It isn't something that Solomon said. Instead, it was something that his dad said. Solomon looked at life and saw the mist, the hebel. But David, the shepherd... He saw through the mist and his vision was filled with a greater shepherd. Why don't you go and find Psalm 23? You might know it, but see if you can go find it. It's not very far away from Ecclesiastes. Psalm 23. This is a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. I fear no danger. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Psalm 23 is a messianic psalm. A song, it's a song that points us to the Messiah, to Jesus. Ultimately, we can't find our joy in the simple things in front of us as until we find our ultimate satisfaction in the shepherd who provides for us. Jesus is the one who sets the table where we can enjoy 
a simple meal. It's one that I can sit at and eat with joy, even in the presence of great threat, Psalm 23 says. Jesus is the one who anoints my head with oil, allowing me to live life with expectant hope in the midst of hardship. Jesus provides a place for me to rest. He gives me all I need. So listen to Solomon. Don't look for light in dark places. Don't look for meaning where it can't be found. And find a simple satisfaction in your present moment. But find a greater satisfaction in Jesus. His rod and his staff bring comfort that can be found nowhere else.